For the first time in more than five and a half years, we finally tonight have a few new answers to a question that has loomed over Indiana and over the town of Delphi. Who killed Abby Williams and Libby Jordan? From the end of the bridge to you got to go through. Now, I believe that the bodies were found about 50. A suspect in the criminal investigation out of Fort Hood is dead. Officials say he killed himself overnight. They needed that little music in the background. It goes, don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Knew about it or was there. He's as guilty as the person who committed it. Chilling details in the arrest of a suspected serial killer caught before he could strike again. Him, they they, they dropped the ball, man. Like, they said he went AWOL. Mm. And that uh, he was a deserter. And nobody went to the He sees him taking off with the wife. They end up finding the wife uh, murdered with the uh, the baby out of her, and they found the baby in another place. Hey, greetings from the year three thousand. It still sucks. This is Phil J. Fry. And you're listening to The Drunken Turkey Show. You're one stop for this sort of thing. Hit that button, like and subscribe. You know what to do, just like every other podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to The Drunk Turkey Show. I'm your host, Daniel J. And alongside with me, as always, is Jaime G and Big Blue. Jaime, how you doing tonight? Uh, I'm not doing so great, man, but I, I, I'll, I'll pull through. I'll pull through. Yeah, Jaime is not feeling so well, guys. Uh, and Big Blue has to work tonight. So this is going to be more of a uh, non-alcoholic show today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big Blue, how, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Had, I got some rest and I have to work tonight. So that's why I can't drink tonight. That's my reason. So mm-hmm. sorry, guys. It's <laughs> all good, man. It's all good. In fact, JJJ, we're going to talk about this here in a little bit. We're going to talk about that truck. I have that pulled up. Um, and so, <clears throat> you know, we had a, uh, we, we put out a show yesterday. It, it, it hit a lot of views. I want to thank everybody that watched it, everybody that um, that uh, got an opportunity to put a comment in. It hit over 100,000 views. Mm-hmm. We're super grateful for everybody that subscribed to us and, and liked that and, and, and shared that com- that content. We, we appreciate that so much. Um, we have a little bit of um, housekeeping we're going to take care of real quick. First, I want to say thank you very much to SF um, with her generous, generous donation earlier today. We really, truly appreciate it. And also to uh, Lynn SoCal. She also had a generous dinner, uh, donation earlier. If you guys want to you know, support us or support the show, there's a couple of ways you can do that. There's super chats, there's live chats. We also accept a cash app that's in the description um, and also buymeacoffee.com. It's also in the description. We appreciate everybody that does. And we also have some new, some new members. I saw that just as we were coming on. And so, you know, I made the update at the bottom. You can see two new members. Thank you very much, George Teston and Carol Kelderman. We appreciate you guys becoming the newest members of the drunk Turkey squad. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. 
We appreciate everybody in the live chat as well. So our, our show yesterday had a lot of questions in the comment section about um, Adam, about Jack D potentially being involved. And I kind of wanted to touch base a little bit um, on, on the possibility of them knowing something a little bit more than normal or, or uh, what do you call it? Uh, <clears throat> perhaps maybe I'm withholding something. And the biggest clue for me came out of, and I'll share it real quick. It came out of the, um, this is from yesterday, the uh, press release for the, the city of Moscow Police Department. First and foremost, they talk about the Hyundai Elantra located in Eugene, Oregon. It's not associated with this investigation. Um, but if you scroll down, let's see, where's it at? Rumor control, another video believed to have been taken on the night of the, of the uh, incident at a local downtown business is known to investigators. Investigators have identified the individual called Adam in the video, and he is cooperating with detectives. Now, cooperating with detectives could mean a couple of different things, right? He could just be a witness. He could just be, uh, you know, nobody, right? Just somebody who was a bartender and not friends. But when they put this in here, that indicates to me that he knows something that is important in this investigation. You know, that means to me that whatever it is he knows is important and could be a big key. What do you guys take out of this? These guys have cleared Jack early on, apparently. They cleared yeah. the hoodie guy. They've cleared a lot of folks pretty early in the investigation as soon as something had arise or rumors have came up uh, to kind of squandle that. This doesn't say that. What does this say to you? We'll start off with you, Big Blue. Um, I, I, I just want to say that there's, there's still some interest in them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. they, there's, uh, I think there was too much evidence for them to go through to be able to clear them 100%. There's always, you know, if people do this intentionally, there's always ways to get around, mm -hmm. uh, around the police. You know what I mean? Right. I, I'm, I'm for sure, for sure. And so <clears throat> what about you, Jaime? What do you think that means? Do you think that, that there's something there or is it just well, no, like uh, no relevant information? What do you think? Um, I think if he's corroborating, that's probably means that he has some information that will be um, real good for the case or somehow his alibi or his, his alibi is not adding up either one. Right. No, I agree. I agree 100 percent. And so here I wanted to look at this. This is where the girls talk about Adam in the background. You can see and we had some people ask, you know, how would how did we find uh, this? Uh, this was the location uh, where, um, you know, how did we find the location of where this video was taken? There was a couple of things. First thing we can see right here is we have an Idaho University banner on a um, on a flagpole. And in the background, you have a uh, very distinct building with some long edges, and it looks like some kind of uh, uh, design here as far as the windows go, right? And so when I looked at it on Google Earth, here's what I found. And so you have the building there with the long and then the window frames. You have the Idaho banner right here. 
right? And then you have your camera right here. Okay, and so it's facing this direction. Idaho banner. And then the building. What I find interesting is they're walking around right here, right? Because the, the, the direction of the camera is facing downward and towards this direction. Right here in the background, you see the corner club. Now, what sparked my my curiosity about this is that's not that far of a walk. So whatever, whatever Madison told Adam got back to Kaylee that fast. Yeah. Now, the, now these guys left at at around 1.30. My opinion, they're they're attractive young ladies. They're probably not paying for anything. They probably have some people buying them drinks the entire night. So they probably don't have a tab. So whenever it is they're ready to get up and go and walk out, they get up and go and walk out. And in fact, there's some audio where people have enhanced it and, and we'll play it here in a minute. Mm -hmm. And people are trying to figure out what what the guy, um, supposedly a hoodie guy, what he's saying to the girls. And in my opinion, I think he asks, did you just ditch those guys? Meaning that they just walk out, you know, they allowed them to pay for their drinks, didn't say anything, just left them there, right? Mm -hmm. And Kaylee's not even paying attention. At that point, she just goes, Maddie, what did you tell Adam? And so whatever Madison or Maddie told Adam got to Kaylee right that fast. Now, this is a uh, Saturday night. This guy is uh, supposedly a bartender at this establishment. It's probably busy. You know, whatever Madison told told him was important enough for him to stop at probably one of the most important times of the night to either tell Kaylee something or to tell somebody else that it got back to Kaylee. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And that had to happen within how long do you think it would take to walk this distance? Let's let's measure it out real quick. That way we're accurate. And so if I took my measuring tape here. Me with a bus of me, it will take me like an hour. It is approximately just a straight shot, 0 0.04 of a mile. Let's put this in feet. 203 feet. Ah, that's nothing. That's nothing. That's that is really, really close. So from the time that they left to the time they got there. Adam contacted somebody or made contact with Kaylee about whatever it is Madison told him. Right. I found that interesting. I found that interesting. And then, you know, we go back to the night of the, um, you know, after they leave that area, they go to the food truck, right? Yeah. And so while they're at the food truck, I've, I fast forwarded this to the part where it matters. So Madison, this is when when Madison takes off after she sees the girl that was uh, kissing um, um, with Joe Burrow here. What we want to focus in on is Kaylee right here. I know that this person's in the way, but she is continually having a texting conversation with somebody the rest of the night. Do you, I, I suspect whoever she's talking to this entire time that she's texting away is a person that talked to her about whatever it was that Madison told Adam. What do you guys think? Yeah, that's, it could be. It could be. Um, 
But like, like you said earlier, like you, it might be like the guys that supposedly they did strike. Right. Supposedly, um, that's what I hear. I yeah. will listen to it in a minute. Oh, okay, okay. But like, man, how big was that bill, man? You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, apparently, from what I understand, these girls were um, getting a lot of uh, attention from a lot of the guys that were there. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're attractive young ladies. I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of guys that were going to be buying them drinks throughout the night. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I said, yeah. when I go out with some of the girls at work, the guys buy the whole table around, even buy me rounds. I'm like, okay, I'll drink it. It's a free, <laughs> it's a free Yeah. Why not? You know? So these guys pour, pour, pour money for a chance. For sure. See, she's so involved in her phone right now. She doesn't even realize that her friend has left her and she's by herself uh, a few feet away. And, I mean, you can't see because Joe's kind of in the way, but she is texting away. There is something going on very important. It's not just YouTube searches. That's not uh, Facebook searches. That's a conversation. She's having a deep conversation with somebody that entire time. You know what I mean? Now, this goes on for the entire time, right? And this goes on for the entire time that that conversation is going on. And she's she's still on the phone. She's not She's not pulling up a an Uber or a Lyft, things of that nature. Yeah, whatever it is, it's a really deep conversation. But here's the thing: her phone's not missing, so the police know who she's been talking to, who the texts were for. Perhaps, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe. What if they're using some kind of crypt, like uh, like Snap. WhatsApp or Snapchat? Hang up. I yeah, something that. that you can't trace back that has nothing to do with, um, like, I think there was another one called Kick or K-I-K, something like that. That was popular for a little bit. And when those those messages couldn't be, um, from my understanding about them, yeah. um, and, and uh, those messages couldn't be found, like, they were I mean, cryptic or whatever you want to call them. If she's using Snapchat and they're having this deep of a conversation, I'm... I'm, I'm I'm guessing she will have put uh, a, the two race messages after 24 hours, right? Right. That, I mean, that could be. Maybe. I mean, she's also probably highly intoxicated. Yeah, because like it was like me with Snapchat when I first got Snapchat, man. Like, if you were to send me a message and I read it and then I wanted to reply to it, I'd be like, "What the hell did he just send? <laughs> I don't remember what what you sent." So I was like, right. "I'll be all confused." So I, I will put my my settings where it would delete them after twenty four hours. That way I can go back and I was like, no, read them and repeat. Right. But like when it comes down to kick, I don't I don't think kick is that popular anymore. They no, it's not. Them. But my thing is, is there something else that has replaced it that's out now? WhatsApp. WhatsApp. That's yeah. Right. I think so, WhatsApp replaced that. Yeah, so it could be WhatsApp. That's something that that people are into. Youngsters are into things of that nature. But like, look, she's still whatever she's doing. She's typing up paragraphs because you can see her fingers going. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, but like you said earlier, she is intoxicated, and I'm guessing she's you know trying to make sure she makes sense. I guess mm-hmm. it could be. I don't know, but that was a really long like 
the, from the beginning that she got there all the way to right now, that's that's how long she's been constantly on the phone. Right, like she's been She's not that intoxicated, man. If you look at the guy with the hoodie, he's intoxicated. He can barely stand. She's standing still. Like I know when I'm chatting and I'm intoxicated, I'm looking at my phone. I'm like falling forward, man. Like, Wait, hey, what are you guy? I don't know, about? man. I think I think hoodie guy looks pretty pretty sober, but right now right now Kaylee is gonna take pictures. Well, not right now. Here and probably in the next. Let's see, because it's, it's right before she leaves, so probably in the next two minutes or so. Yeah. Um, she's gonna start taking a couple of pictures of Madison up against the wall there, and she's she's kind of stumbling around when she does so. Yeah, yeah. And so I look there. She right almost there. fell right there. <laughs> now I know there was like a uh, like a little slight hole behind her, but yeah, I think she's. Um, She's definitely, uh, um, in my opinion, <clears throat> conversating with somebody. Look, she got a message back. Let's let's rewind that. Did she, was it? Why don't she pull her phone back out? Oh, she still has it in her hands. Hold on, let me see. She falls. She has the phone in her pocket in her front. And she has her hand on it. So as soon as it rings, she pulls the pulls it out. Sees what the message is. And goes back to the conversation. Huh. Very interesting. Very interesting, in my, in my opinion. When she put everything in perspective, you know, yeah, it, it, it's it's uh, when you look at it one piece at a time, you look at, all right, and, and it's kind of like it came out backwards, right? The um, Or in, in, in different orders. Um, you had the uh, food truck, which is where they... You know, they arrived before they got in the private ride chair. And then you have the um, we find out that Adam was the bartender and also the guy that is friends with Jack that lived down the street and potentially was a roommate. Right. And so you have those two individuals uh, and then and then you have the video that's released that happens in between the time that they have left. Um, no, I'm sorry. The next thing that comes out is Adam. Right. And then we find out that Adam works at the corner bar. So everything kind of went backwards. And once you kind of put it in perspective, like, all right, they were at the corner bar. They left at this time within 200 feet from the time that they have left. Something gets back to to Kaylee from Adam that Madison told him. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they're only a couple blocks away from from the food truck. Like, uh, let's pull that up. So we can be accurate here. You know, they are literally two two blocks away from where that footage was taken to where the uh, the food the grub truck was located at and that entire time that she's there she is on the cell phone texting away messaging away i think once you put it all in perspective it seems like whatever information that adam has is, is a little bit important what do you guys think you guys are muted if anybody's yeah. talking <laughs> yeah we both did it at the same time too. <laughs> I, I beat myself because I got a cough. I don't know what lose excuses. <laughs> so what was that, man? So once you put it in perspective, it kind of paints a different picture, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Especially because we're getting like we're getting kind of like clues, like you said, from the backwards, like you said, like like a Quentin Tarantino movie, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it, it's backwards. You're, you, you know, you have to, you have to get it. And then, fortunately, I mean, not fortunately, but um, I do have like 
some form, like a small form of dyslexia. So going backwards for me sometimes works. That's how I look at cases. I, I look at them backwards and, and, and try to figure it out in that direction. Yeah. I'm going to try to. Just so, drive backwards, bro. <laughs> I was, I was just trying to read the comments and stuff and try to keep up to what everybody's asking. So I can try to throw a question in there here and there that they want. Yes, yes. If you have any questions, put them in the live chat. We won't be taking calls today. That is a Friday only thing, guys. So, so, is there any information on the on the surviving roommates by any chance, Bethany and and Dylan? There is, and we're going to talk about that. I just want to show you guys one thing real quick. So, <clears throat> Kaylee wasn't supposed to be in town that week. She was supposed to have gone home, right? Yeah. It was room. Um, it. I believe the mom had came out on uh, one of the news broadcasts and indicated that Kaylee um, wanted to show Madison her, her her rover that she had just purchased. Right. So that's why she went back into town. What has bo bothered me about this entire situation is the timing frame. Right. So they it is suspected between three and four is when this uh, heinous crime had occurred. Right. And so my thing is, if somebody got triggered around 130, 145, two o'clock in the morning, when these girls, because it was reported that the girls arrived home at 156. Um, why, why was this guy waiting, you know, a little bit over an hour to, or more than an hour to go and do this. Right. And so my thought was potentially that he could be, um, you know, from out of town right. and, or be from somewhere else. Right. And so we've discovered where, um, his father lived. And so, let me pull this up real quick. So his family live out here in, um, what's the name of this town? Coeur d'Alene or something? Oh, Coeur d'Alene. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to work on it. I got a lot of heat on my pronunciation <laughs> of it. Yeah, I saw that last time. I was like, oh, man. I'm like, hey, man, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm from Texas. We got our words are pronounced a lot differently out here. Trust me. Go look up in the map and look up some Texas cities. Yeah. Uh, you'll you'll feel the same way, right? Yeah. So this is where where um, where uh, Jack uh, Scott Decor's residence is based on county property tax searches, and so he came out here to 1311 uh, Coda Lane um, Avenue, right? And so. My thought was, all right, if he was there, right, like, all right, his girlfriend is going home with his family, her family. It's Thanksgiving break coming up. Maybe he went home to his family, right? And so let's just say he did that. It would take him an hour and 39 minutes from get from his home to 1122 King Road. So let's just say he, Jack, that is is the guy who uh, who was messaging Kaylee at the food grub truck and, and all that other stuff, right? Yeah. If, um, if he got triggered once they got home, you know, if that's the incident or whatever happened there is what triggered his rage or whatever, right? And and he left after their conversation at, at 156 or, or at the grub truck, right? I mean, that puts him there at around 3.39, 3.30. Now, if he's upset and he's mad, he's probably driving a little bit faster than you would anticipate, right? Mm -hmm. And so that he could probably turn that into an hour drive. 
Yeah. Be there by three o'clock. And they said that this crime was committed between three and four, right? Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. More and more. Yeah. So, like, that's what makes sense to me. You know, um, it, it it's it's crazy, man. It's you know when you put all that together, it's it's yeah. it comes down to each individual piece, and this is all speculation, one hundred percent speculation. And in fact, you can consider this fiction. The only thing that is true, or there, or how does the saying go? The, uh, the 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 places and the names have changed to protect the innocent. The only thing that have stayed the same is the names and the places in this situation. Everything yeah. else you guys can consider. I don't want to get in trouble with anybody, but <laughs> if it ends up showing up, he had absolutely nothing to do with it because he's been he's been cleared by the police. Mm-hmm. But I have gotten and we have gotten several comments and several um, several folks to kind of, you know, ask us to investigate this direction. And so that's what we're doing. Right. And one thing I see in the live chat, that I've seen a few people ask is how come the roommates didn't hear anything? You know, it's one thing that some people are heavy sleepers, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I have a daughter, you know, uh, the phone can be right next to her and I can call her 20,000 times and she won't answer it, you know? Yeah. And these people lived in what was called the party house. So they were kind of used to the noise, you know what I mean? They, they probably thought somebody was just partying and right. sleep through it without, yeah. you know, right. getting up with every single little noise. There's some people that can't, some people that, you know, the window... Breeze, the, the branch breezes out pretty strong in the, with the wind and they're, they're up checking their yard to see if anybody's out there. Yeah. Well, well um, I got a couple questions for you then, Blue. You're the uh, our, our medical professional in the building. Um, would alcohol play a, a, an effect on how deep of sleep they would be in? Yeah, man. Definitely. And, and at what point do you think that their deepest sleep would be as far as like an hour into their sleep, three hours into their sleep? It, that's hard to tell, man. Some people like are built different. So like mm-hmm. some people, their first couple hours is their deepest. And then at the end, you know, they wake up with every single little noise. Yeah. Some now, people struggle to go to sleep. If you're it. intoxicated, I've got a question then. If you're intoxicated, does the earlier part of your sleep uh, more, is it more deep than the, uh, is it a higher deep of sleep than it would be as the effects of the alcohol wear off later on in your sleep? I don't know. I, would, I had to look up studies on that, man, because I don't know. Alcohol does affect everything. Um, I, I know from my personal experience, <laughs> so, if on the days I drink lightly, you know, uh, I fall asleep, and uh, I'll fall asleep for three hours. I only remember dreaming. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm that dead to sleep, and then I wake up, and I'm good. You know, I can work ten hours. You know. Right. So it's it just varies, man. Because my my thoughts are these got these girls and and probably and it sounds like everybody that was inside that house had been had gone out that night and had consumed alcohol. I mean, you're looking at between the hours of three and four, uh, you know, some of these folks got home at a certain time. That doesn't mean that they all went to sleep at the same time. I think the bottom basement girls were in the in the first floor. They were uh, they had arrived home at one o'clock, which was 45 minutes prior to Ethan and 
and Xana arriving and 56 minutes prior to um, Maddie. Maddie and Kaylee arriving. And so there's a good chance that they were knocked out already. And so if you're looking at three or four, that's two, three hours into their sleep alcohol. I'm, I'm assuming that REM is already taking place and they're in their deepest part of their sleep. Um, when you're looking at the uh, the second floor, um, these this was a couple sleeping in the same bedroom, very young. Chances are they got home drunk. They probably, uh, uh, you know, made love or whatever you want to call it. Um, and then went to sleep, you know, probably around 2.30, 2.45, the latest. And so, you know, this person arrived an hour after that, you know, after you've been relaxed, you've been, you know, you had a, a sexual encounter and then you're, you're intoxicated. You're probably in your deepest part of your sleep. And the same thing for the girls upstairs, you know, being so intoxicated. Mm -hmm. And so when somebody goes in there and, and commits a crime like this and, and nobody hears it, you know, I brought it up last time, the Amityville Horror. Uh, murders with uh, Robert Defoe. That guy went in there with a shotgun, and not the entire family. Most of the family didn't wake up, and so yeah. it's well, possible. It's like, it's like I have friends that have kids, right? You know, and sometimes in the middle of the night, the kid crawls in your bed, and the next morning, some people say, "Oh, I woke up with a black eye because my kid kicked me in the face." I don't right. know how you keep through a kick in the face. I mean, I I get kicked in the face. I I start swinging. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely everybody's different. I just feel that, you know, you have alcohol and potentially a heavy amount of alcohol involved. And, you know, the the scene hasn't been described yet. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as the um, where the bo uh, the bed was, where the bodies were found or any of those things. Um, I have my theory of how it happened um, based on what I see. I feel that, um, you know, you had something, some red substance coming out of the back end of the uh, bedroom where um, Ethan and Zana were at, you know, what that leads me to believe. And you have what the coroner said, that the lethal puncture was a single puncture to the to the center of the chest. That leads me to believe that um, that that bedroom is the bed is probably between the window and the wall facing towards the door. And so if you had the wall here, the door right here, the bed's this way. And I think that the uh, the person was um, was um, came in. I think Ethan was sleeping towards the wall. I think the perpetrator came in and hit and got him with one single boom jab, grabbed him by the shoulders, pulled him off the bed. He fell down onto the ground facing towards the wall, bled in that direction, which leads why the blood is coming out of the foundation there, crawled on the bed, got into a struggle with Xana and did what he did there. Walked out, locked the door behind him, went up to the third floor and basically did the same thing. And so, um, you know, and locked the door behind him there. We've read the, uh, the Moscow police report where it says that the person that was unconscious that they called about was one of the second floor victims. It wasn't one of the surviving victims. It wasn't one of the uh, uh, the friends or anybody that they called over. They assumed that one of the second floor victims was unconscious. What that leads me to believe is probably because the door was locked behind the as the perpetrator exited the room, he locked the door behind him. And so um, Maddie and I mean, the uh, Dylan and um, Bethany downstairs probably couldn't make contact with the with with the occupants inside the room, obviously, and probably couldn't get in. And at that point, they began to call friends and, and maybe even perhaps Ethan's brother, who was uh, down the street at the Sigma Chi um, for, you know, uh, frat house or whatnot. Mm 
potentially. You know, he comes over, they try to make entry into there, they can't, so they call the police to do a welfare check. You know, that's basically what I'm seeing out of the information and the evidence that is there. Yeah. And, I don't remember them saying if the roommates were not drinking too. I, I don't remember that. Yeah, it says in there that the roommate, that they believe that they were all out on the town. Yeah, they just came earlier right than everybody else. Yeah, they, they arrived at 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. on, the, on the... Remember, we watched the video for the noise complaint? Right. And uh, the cops got there, and they, they were going to go and just tell them to, you know... To, for the noise to like settle down and um, somebody up opened the door and everybody would thought that a lot of people were saying that that was the, the girl that opened the door was Bethany. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. And, and but anyways, that happened and she, she told them they were going to go get one of the, the persons that's on the lease right for that, for that home. Right. And when she, they came back and opened the door, it was two guys. Right. So, right. No, on, on, we don't know who they are. I don't, I don't know their names. Really. But um, what I noticed is that none of these people that were on the lease were at home, but yet we had they had a they had a, a party going on with none of the people there. And what I noticed also right. is that that um, Bethany and and Dylan said that at the time of the when the the crime happened was that they had their doors locked when they go to sleep they, they locked the doors for the reason right. that they don't want nobody maybe still the party's still going on and they don't want nobody to go inside their rooms right. Right. Well, what I found, what I found interesting was that they didn't lock the doors when they left and left everybody there at the party that time for the noise complaint. Right. Because the, one of the the guys said that, oh, I went through all the rooms and I didn't find anybody that that lives here. Right. 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 And not only that, but the the younger dude, the the shorter dude, was yeah. like, oh, um, I don't know them. I'm just here for like, I'm <laughs> just here, like, pretty much just to drink. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that means like. There was people in and out of that that they didn't even know, and like they were going through the rooms and everything. You know what I mean? Right. And that's what I find so like kind of weird that they can leave and leave all these people there and not lock their doors for their own rooms. That's just immaturity, man. You have a couple of young people who are in college that are immature and 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 party scene, and and they probably left. Uh, the, the intention probably wasn't to leave the party, or, or but they probably got invited somewhere or something was happening. And so they decided to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that one, that one, that night, it it brings up a lot of different possibilities because, you know, you can anybody that they find in connection of this, it's going to be difficult to say that they were never in the house or if they come in and say, have you ever been in there? Yeah, yeah, I have. You know, it's been in there several times, you know, for parties. And so it kind of brings that up. But speaking of Dylan, uh, Jonathan Lee Riches Investigates uh, put out a video on something that he found. And um, I kind of want to show you that real quick. So this is a big truck that was on the um, body cam surveillance there in Moscow. You can see it leaving. Let me let me slow this down. All right, settings, playback speed. All right, let's slow it down. All right, you got a big truck, looks dark in color. Um, looks like it's lifted. You can kind of see some big tires. All 
Now, I've had a Ford and I've had a Dodge before. I, I, I can't tell what type of taillights those are. That's very difficult. But one thing that he found, this is Jonathan Lee Richards Investigates, is this was on uh, on Dylan's, one of Dylan's page, uh, social media pages. Mm-hmm. A big um, truck as well. Do you think that that's possibly the truck, the same truck? Do you find it odd? Can you play the video again? Yeah. Let's put it right here. I have it running in slow motion. That kind of looks like a Ford headlight, the long, long part that you can see on the side of the of the uh the fender that part looked like it i can the rest of it i couldn't tell hold on let's see the tailgate does look like a fort and that this was okay so if it's a dually or not (laughs) yeah I don't think the other one was a dually. No, the other one was a dually. This one no. I can't tell because of the shadows. Yeah. This is probably like a what F two fifty? Yeah, F two fifty, maybe an F three fifty, uh, but mm-hmm. not a dually. And this is at three o'clock in the morning, heading away from um this is on Taylor Avenue away from King Road. This is fifteen minutes after supposedly they fell asleep. Uh about five or six minutes. I think the last call uh, went out at 2.56. The first one that went out... See, here's the other thing I forgot to mention earlier. Yeah. The first missed call went out at 2.26. Okay. And so, maybe, and this is just a theory, if JD was at his mom's, you know, got upset and left and forgot his phone because he's upset and just mm-hmm. took off, and at 2.26, he's on the road, to 256 he doesn't arrive there till just after three maybe 315 somewhere around there yeah. and so i found that to be interesting um and then this one was on this one was on news nation and uh, i believe this is from the mob crew uh, on their youtube channel they uh superimposed this vehicle right here yeah. That just passed um, with a white Elantra. This is. Um, let's see if I can find that. So, right here, and I'm going to pause it. This is a white Elantra that that they're going to try to superimpose. This vehicle still looks silver to me. I don't know it about look, you guys. The, the, it looks silver plus the the toilets don't even match. Yeah, that's true. The tail light, this goes way over here. It's not, it would yeah, come this direction. Same car, man. The front, also, the front headlights look a little bit roundish on the on the body cam thing. Yeah, look, look, I just paused it. He he, he tried to superimpose this over it. Mm-hmm. These headlights are coming out right here. They would have been way over here. Yeah. Yeah, that's not the same vehicle. I don't think so. To me, it's great. Even at night, you can tell if it's white or gray most of the time. Yeah. Reflection, because the car behind it is white, and you can see the difference in the colors. Yeah, I concur with being, I think it's gray. I do, too. And I see this headlight emitting right here. <laughs> and this headlight would have been over here. Like, it's emitting at a point where the headlight is, and it's in the grill. Yeah. Of what, you know what I mean? 
Mm -hmm. That was like an older focus or something. Not kind of like. I just. Yeah, it's not the same. Because those those Hondas have the headlight in the back and then they got the the, the spotlight, right? The little little corners now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It it definitely is, is interesting. And this is from. I know I didn't play it earlier. This is from Plunder. Let me turn the mute off. I'm going to have it up. Guys, you might want to mute yourself. You guys tell me what they say. Um, somebody is saying here, they say they're going to get you guys. I think what he's saying is, uh, did you just ditch those guys? Which, if they were getting paid or they were getting drinks from some of the folks there, I, I think that would be a possibility. Let's see. It's it's really hard to tell, but it does to me sound like something about. Um, did you just ditch those guys? Yeah, it, it sounds like they said, like he said, um, did you re did you really ditch those guys? Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. He said, did you really just ditch those guys? Because yeah. I think they were they were buying them alcohol, and and they were buying um some drinks, and in my opinion, I I wouldn't be surprised if they just left. You know what I mean? Man, but like with that, that doesn't like. I mean, how much could it be, right? Like, I'll take the hit. I wouldn't be out there doing these kind of crimes. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I don't, I don't think that the guys that were at the at the uh, the bar buying them drinks um, would get upset because, you know, they're a couple, you know, maybe a hundred bucks short of what they Did expected to be. Dude, they struck out. Just take the L, man. Dude. Yeah, man. They were buying bottles. I thought they buy bottles, but yeah. Mm -hmm. The last and time so, I went somewhere and somebody was buying bottles, and I was like, the the bill at the end was over a grand. I'm like, sucks to be you. I told you not to buy bottles tonight. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? Hey, um, Danny, I was going to ask you, were you were you able to find any of those pictures that I told you about the ledge? I wasn't. I wasn't. And I, I try to look for it. And so, um, guys, we have a video that we uh, we talked about um, not too long ago of a possible entry point. And it, it was talking in reference to and let me see if I can pull. I'm not sure if I have the pictures anymore, but I'm sure I can find them. Um, we were we were looking at. Could somebody enter? Um the second floor window that entered into Zana and Ethan's room. Uh, there's a ladder along the, along the ledge. Mm -hmm. And when we went and we looked at the, um, at that house party that was going on where the, 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 the renters weren't there. The noise, complaint. Was on the, phone, the noise complaint. There wasn't a ladder on the side of that building. Now, when we were talking about this, 
potentially being an entry point. Um, we were told that the girls had climbed up there on the ledge mm -hmm. and were, um, uh, here it is. There it is. Okay. We were told that the girls would climb up on the ledge and they had pictures on Instagram of themselves up here, but we couldn't find anything. And what really, really got us was you had this, this ladder up against here. Now this is Ethan and Zana's room, right? You have this area is super clean and you can tell this is a fade right here, meaning somebody slid off and on and you have where it even looks like footprints going this direction. And you have them leading all the way up against here against the wall. Now, you know, some might say maybe they were getting ready to hang some lights or something. Why not just go through the window? Why go through this ladder to get on this ledge? Now, you can see over here on this end, you can see where water or something has dripped off of the uh, the gutters here and has landed here. You can see how clear that is, like there's a defined edge. The reason why there's a defined edge here is because the water has built up and pushed the dirt to this edge. Right here, it's faded out. That means somebody slid either on or off this ledge. But to get onto this ledge, all you have to do is climb out this window. So why would there be this ladder here up against here and why would it look like somebody climbed up here if that's not the most feasible way of getting up on that ledge now steve kaylee's dad had mentioned that he he basically you know paraphrasing uh is saying that he suspects that the target was potentially his daughter on the third floor he says that they wouldn't have if the entry point was the second floor they wouldn't have had um they wouldn't have needed to enter uh, they wouldn't need to have gone to the third floor. They wouldn't have they, that need wouldn't have been there um, unless the target was on the third floor. Now, some folks were saying that there's a uh, you know maybe the back glass door. The problem with that is we saw a drone footage where um, the forensic scientists were just arriving to the scene and they had a had a drone going up. What that means is that scene is well preserved at that point. Nothing is touched until after the forensic team goes in there and takes their pictures of everything. And so there is two stools securing the back sliding gate. I mean, sliding door that are back there. That is there and present on that drone before the forensic team walks in. That tells me that that was there when police arrived there and discovered the, the incident. And Amber Ness, no, the cops would not put this ladder there. In fact, I, I don't know if I still have the picture, but I had a picture of them investigating this area with a drone. Uh, they, they wouldn't put this there and get up there. Uh, but um, but I appreciate that. No, I just saw that. And so there's no need for this ladder here. They didn't. If, yeah. Is there, can you, there's no way you can zoom in, can you? Yeah, yeah. What do you want me to zoom in on? Uh, the ladder is. Why would they put the tape around the ladder? I don't know. It's, I just, I just don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they're gonna, if they the cops brought it, what if they lay the ladder over the the crimson? In my opinion, they're if the I don't, I don't, yeah, I have no idea why they would bring it. They have this huge roll, so they can wrap this thing all the way around. So it's not like they ran out and they needed to tie it down or something. If not, you have this, uh, you have this drainage coming from up here. Yeah. 
Right. And so, you know, right here, like I said, it's very obvious somebody was up here. You can see the fade right there. That means somebody slid off and on. Um, and I doubt the police would do that because if somebody did climb up here and the police decided to use this ladder and climb up there with it, that would disturb this crime scene and it would be it'd be over. Now, if you're if your target is on the third floor, right? And let's go back to Steve's um, question. Why, if your target's on the third floor, why attack the folks on the second floor? Well, if your entry point is their bedroom, you kind of have to. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, in my opinion, this is a possibility. Now, you know, I know that there's another, um, there's another image. Let me see if I can. I, I think I have it here. People are saying that he meant evidence tape, like the evidence banner that they put around. Right. Duct tape or right, right. I apologize for that. I'm just talking about the evidence tape. This is the back window, I think, or one of the windows that yeah. they're looking into. Back in the light, man, that reflection on the of the cop or the forensic is kind of creepy. It is creepy, man. It's this lady, though. It's not, yeah. it's not anybody in there. No, no, no. And so, in my opinion, and there's a picture out there with a handprint that's on a window, mm-hmm. and it could be, it could be that upstairs bedroom window. It just, it just could be. I, I, I'm not sure, but it could. Now, I'm seeing if I can find a picture of uh, the back, but if there was. So the back stools, right? If that was the entry point or the exit point, let's just say it was the exit point, right? You would not secure that back door with stools or furniture from inside the residence, especially stools that were close to that exit point. Because this guy just committed four four assaults, right? Heinous crimes against four innocent people. It's going to take a toll on him. He's going to be sweaty. He's going to be, you know, if he's running out of there. He could potentially drop sweat droplets onto that if he's if he cut himself and he's actively bleeding that could have been dropped on that stool and if the police department used that stool then um that would have been you would have tarnished that evidence and especially if you do something like that before the forensic team gets in there and takes their pictures and 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 everything that they need so i found that to be a little bit interesting when we're looking at the exterior I found that, you know, hey, I don't think this guy went in there now. Is it possible that that back sliding door wasn't secured when the perpetrator made entry into the home and then he used those stools to secure it behind him? That way, if somebody were to have woken up and try to run out, then um, then maybe. Yeah. Yeah. There's a possibility in that case. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's just one of one of my, um, you know, just something that I had seen. At that at that point, you know what I'm saying? It, it caught my eye. Um, you know, um, let me see if I can. And I'll have them up. I'll have them up by the next time we do our next show. Uh, and I want to thank everybody that's in the live chat. All eleven hundred ninety three of you guys. I appreciate it. This content is probably going to get demonetized just because based on the type of content it is. Would you guys do us a favor and hit that like button and subscribe if you're not already a subscriber? Uh, our goal was 5K before the end of the month in the subscriptions, and we surpassed that. So, you know, we, we, I just want to thank everybody that's helped us grow. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And so, you know, now 
there's been reports that the front door was left wide open, right? Mm -hmm. And that somebody had seen that early in the morning. Uh, I would think that was the exit point. Now, if this was JD, why would he climb up to the second floor? Well, it was reported that Xana's dad just replaced the locks. Now, could that have been her locks to her room? Potentially. Um, but we went and we looked up uh, a couple of Zillows and we looked up uh, college um, apartment um, websites, right, where somebody can rent out these places. And we discovered that there wasn't an interior like pin for any of the doors. All the doors had were just what looked like your basic lock your door, interior door. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, yeah, in my opinion, when you see something like that, it's um, it just could answer that question. You know what I'm saying? Like if you put it all together, like, like why would he need to go there? Locks were changed by Xana's dad. He would put maybe he knows that that bedroom window's open. You know what I'm saying? What are your thoughts on that? We'll go. Y'all are muted, by the way. Yeah, I, I mute myself that way. Uh, Y'all can hear my kids playing around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, yeah, there's some evidence that I still have to like. I want to see what the police actually has marked as evidence, you know, um, mm -hmm. because I, I don't know. They haven't put out where the entry point was. They haven't put out, you know, where the bodies were found. Let's say if there were 100%, like there's one that possibly in the living, in the, in the floor, um, or he was in the hallway. There's a lot of speculation where he was found mm -hmm. and where they're, where they're like rooms are set up. I mean, I'm pretty sure. If you had a, I think that all their all their uh, social media has been blocked, so you can't see their Instagram posts and stuff like that. You know, maybe they had photos of them in their rooms. You probably had a better idea, but who knows right now? Yeah, I've tried to search. Um, there, the 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 victims, theirs is still open, or a lot of it is still open, uh, just because they've passed and they can't block their pictures, but. Um, I haven't been able to find an interior layout. I've gone through uh, TikToks, I've gone through Instagram, I've gone through Facebook, and I just can't find anything that shows the interior layout of the, the for instance, the bedroom and the second floor where where Xana's at. And so, <clears throat> it's um, it's insane, man. I think that this case has a lot of question marks, but I think the police are onto something, and especially when when you read that uh, that um, that bulletin yesterday. Mm -hmm. And they use the term that Adam is cooperating with detectives. I think that's that's a pretty big key to yeah to this, and I think they're going down a certain direction. Yeah, especially because they they said that that he's he's cooperating with the police, and then uh, the captain of the of, the, of that fo uh, police force comes out and and says that they're trying to get the whole story at the same time. So they, they know what kind what's going on. They just need those pieces of puzzles to make it all make sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it, it's going to come together pretty nice. It, it definitely is. Um, and I think that when it does, it's going to make sense. Right now, we, we, we just don't know. You know what I'm saying? Because we don't know all the information. Mm -hmm. uh, but once it does, you know, come together, I think it's going to make sense. And I think we're going to be able to put these pieces together. It's kind of like, you know, we covered the Delphi case, guys. And um, 
you know, it's kind of like in that situation. Once we figured out, you know, who was where and um, if, for instance, Richard Allen, well, what time he arrived and we were able to break down witness and testimony and and timestamps, we were able to pretty much solidify what that probable cause affidavit says and and put the pieces together. And I'm pretty sure we're going to be able to do the same thing in this case once once there's a conclusion. Do you guys and we're going to be kind of close here pretty soon, guys. Uh, we're only we're trying to keep this one to an hour. We appreciate everybody in the live chat. But do you guys have uh, do you get, how long do you think this case is going to go on before there's an arrest? Do you, or do you think it's it's, it's turning cold? We'll start off with you, Jaime. Uh, compared to the Delphi, uh, this was moving a lot faster. I'll tell you that. Um, mm -hmm. This is not going to be. I don't feel like it's going to be a cold case. I don't feel it's going to be a long case. Maybe within the year, not right. too long, but. But that's like suspect and, you know, maybe being charged. Right. What about you, Big Blue? How long do you think that we're going to it's going to be? Do you think they're coming close on someone? And I think it it's tough to say it without um, giving us a little bit more information, because I wonder if it's more than one person. You know what I mean, um, uh -huh. said in the car that they're looking for, it says it could be one or two people they're looking for. So, yeah. I, you know, if they're trying to track two people, then, you know, I want to see if they were male or female, and then we'll go from there. So I think it's going to take a while. I think it might go cold for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the first the first 48 hours are pretty key and, and, and important. Usually after that, things turn to, uh, the longer they go, the more bleak the out, you know, it looks. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that this... You know, given the fact that the holidays are coming in and this happened in a college town with a bunch of potential witnesses and suspects and, and victims, all all potentially leaving, you know, going home. Anybody who may have seen anything, maybe maybe even potentially a suspect gone home for the holidays. I think that's going to that, that makes this case a little bit more difficult. Mm -hmm. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Definitely. It makes it makes the case a little bit more difficult for the police department. And so they have to overcome that aspect. Um, and, and, and once, once it starts coming back in, I feel that it's going to really, um, I think they're going to put a bow on this here pretty soon. I don't think it's going to take more than probably another six weeks. If it does, if it goes on, you know, two weeks, three weeks after school's return, which I believe is going to be January 11th for the university of Idaho. So if this goes on past January 25th or so, I think it might be a few months before we, uh, we, we we find something. I think somebody's gonna have to slip. Somebody's gonna have to say something, something to that nature. It's gonna bug somebody for a while, and they're gonna come, you know, come for it. Yeah. And so, I think somebody's gonna slip up on their on on their alibi or something. You know what I mean? On the story, it's not gonna add up, and it's gonna it's gonna stick out like a sore thumb. For sure. For sure. But um, I want to like, again, we want to thank everybody. This one's going to be a short one. We just kind of wanted to come out and kind of clear up some of the stuff that we were talking about um, yesterday in yesterday's video. Answer some of uh, the questions that we got in the in, in the comments of that video and um, and kind of talk about what our theory is on this. Mm -hmm. uh, it is definitely a um, it's a crazy situation, guys. Um, but we appreciate everybody. I want to thank the moderate, uh, the mods, uh, uh, nine millimeter and lipstick, super uh, Steelers fan. Uh, I appreciate you guys. I know Daniel Rich is in there as well. And 
and, <laughs> and Jaime Garza. And so, uh, do you guys have any um, any last words before we let everybody go? Um, well, go ahead, Jaime. Okay, I'll go. I win. Now, what's it called? I don't know. Earlier on the, on the chat, somebody said that they look like we could be twins. Now, I'm, I'm kind of curious not to see this my this twin. That I have. <laughs> but uh, no, man, um, I'm, I'm hoping this, hopefully, like I said, this case gets solved quicker than I, than I said. Like I said, it was going to be within the year. Um, hopefully, it's, it's, it's sooner than that. That way, their families can get justice. And, you know, they can start, um, you know, um, their closure, you know what I mean? Getting some closure. For sure, for sure. And you, Big Blue, what are your final words on the case? I just want to say, you know, thank everybody for listening. And there's a lot of cases like this out there, man. A lot of cases where there's murders that happen, they can't find the killers. And San Antonio, one of the big ones that, that's out there right now is a little girl named Lena Kill. Kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was an Iranian refugee who got kidnapped from a playground at their apartment complex. It's been a year since she's been gone. It might be a case we're going to do soon, you know, and you know, maybe we'll find this uh, family justice, you know. It's kind of sure. sad kids go missing in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of missing kids. In fact, I know that tomorrow we'll be dropping a video um, on another missing child that's, um, that's in the news right now, and we'll leave you guys with that aspect. I want to thank everybody in the live chat again. Thank everybody that's watched and tuned in and commented. Please consider joining that membership. We're going to be employing something after the first of the year called Drunk Turkey After Dark. And that's going to be uh, once a week where it's going to be a members only live stream where we'll uh, be able to communicate probably a little bit more lighthearted type of content. We can talk to cases, but it's more directed towards lighter content and uh, uh, just a conversation from us to you guys. Uh, we got some merch coming in. We have a couple of coffee mugs that are being uh, developed, a, a drinking mug, some beanies, things of that nature. So stay tuned for, the, for those to being dropped in the near future. Again, thank our mods. Thank everybody in the live chat and thank our members. We appreciate y'all. Stay safe and peace. Later, guys. <laughs>